Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Fandalorian Club here on Apocalypse Movies as we are here for yet again some more Star Wars, this time the second episode of the Book of Boba Fett titled Tribes Tatooine. Uh, an absolutely incredible episode, but we're going to be diving into the specifics here today as we usually do on a weekly basis on these Star Wars reviews. And today uh, I'm joined by uh, one Brian Avalicino and one Gio Ramos making his return to the Fando. Uh, Gio, I'll start with you, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I had a good day at work and better way to cap it off than back at Fandalorian Club with the two Star Wars experts who are, who are pretty much going to help me completely understand what I just saw. And what I just saw was a bunch of awesomeness. So I can't wait to talk <laughs> about it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, and Brian, how about you, man? I'm good. I've been waiting. This not very often am I like, we have to wait till then to talk about something. And this was a uh, an episode that I was like, all right, come on. I need to talk about this with someone out loud. <laughs> this, is, this is when we learned that doing it the day after the release, just to kind of get a break from everybody else who does it, uh, it's a long waiting period for us. Yeah. Because um, like I, I know that Brian texted me super early yesterday morning, but I was up. At like 4 a.m. on yesterday morning, so I watched it super early. So I've been sitting on this for a while. Wow! Um, and I'm and I'm sure Geo, Geo, you probably watched. I think you put it on Twitter. You watched it yesterday as well, too. I did. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's been a little bit for us, but it makes us that much more excited to be here and discuss things. Um, I know. I before we get to see if you put your tweet out that you always do your tweet about an episode, and I didn't see it, and I'm like, yeah, I haven't watched this yet, and that's why I text you and. You were like, nope, watched it at four. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was up super early yesterday morning for some reason, but no. So let's, because we do have a lot to talk about. This was a full, full length episode. Um, it was 50 minutes, near 50 minutes. It was a full TV typical episode, not the half hour, 35 minute stuff that sometimes we get from Star Wars and Marvel. Um, so there's a lot to talk about today. But before we get into specifics, I want to hear everyone's kind of general thoughts, opinions, reactions. Uh, comparisons, maybe even to the first episode, how you felt about it. Uh, I'll start with you, Brown. I'll go right back to you. What did you think of this one? Oh, I mean, this annihilates the first one, in my opinion. And then I think it's one of the best episodes of Star Wars TV, period. Uh, Mandalorian included. I I think this episode was freaking phenomenal did not stop being good from the second it started to the second it ended. And the thing that I love about it the most is that I don't know who the heck this person is that directed it, but I bet you they're going to be back for a lot of Star Wars stuff moving forward. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I agree. It was a uh, very, very balanced, well-paced, 
um, like all technical stuff uh, that we talk about with like movies and stuff like that. Um, all of it felt just very well done. Um, the action was a blast. Uh, the idea of the train sequence and everything was very, very smart on their part. Um, and then everything building in the present day stuff uh, is stuff that we're going to be getting into um, that I'm very, very excited to talk about. But Gio, what about you, man? Uh, instant, Because I, I believe you watched them back to back, right? That's right. I had a double feature. I uh, yes, think it's a what? I think that was a genius move. I wish I would have been able to do that. Yeah, yeah, because I'll say this real quick about the first episode. While it started off really strong with a whole lot of fan service, um, I, I just felt that it, it didn't move enough. But then I had to remind myself, okay, this is like six or seven episodes. Okay, like it'll get there. And <laughs> by episode two, it, it got there and it kept going, man. This episode was just crazy um it just like brian said from from start to finish um i got some serious heist vibes with uh what uh boba and the tuscans were doing in this episode with the train and um somebody said dances with wolves with this episode certain, certain aspects especially especially the very end of it Yes. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, I said this in my tweet, but it got me to care and be invested in Tuscan Raiders now. Because before that, at least for myself, maybe you guys in different, you know, whether it's comics or cartoons or whatnot. But for myself, I've, I've only known them as just background characters who are just a thorn on the side, you know, and like to cause trouble every now and then. But now it's like going forward i want to see more of the tuscan raiders anytime they're on screen my eyes you know go big instead of just like huh, okay whatever that's what this episode did and that's the beauty of shows on streaming service you can take your time and give you know some attention spotlight to other things besides the main characters so yeah it's it we're going to be getting to the tuscan raiders cuz they They've been transformed from, you know, uh, raiders from the, the prequels into the sign language portion that we saw in the Mandalorian to now what we're seeing now. Um, and I thought this was very appropriate, too, because of the whole thing that happened in the past. Uh, Gio, this is probably why you love this episode so much. It was definitely the, the fat in the furious. A hundred percent. Even I think Curtis said uh, Tuscans of Anarchy, Sons of Anarchy with <laughs> bikes and everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> very, very similar. A lot of things that they're pulling from. Uh, and it's it's definitely that uh, Robert Rodriguez background, right? He's pulling from certain aspects of stuff that he's very good at. Taking the script that John Favreau developed and, and just kind of building on it. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about this. Uh, is there anything specific that we want to start with, or do we want to go chronologically? What are we thinking, guys? I mean, all I can think about are the Tuscan Raiders. And okay, like... so let's let's save them because they're kind they're kind of the biggest thing of the show that I think we'll probably talk about today. Let's start with the beginning of the episode, and then we can jump around if we want to. The beginning of the episode, we see Fennec Shand pick up from last week where uh, she's bringing the assassin back to the palace. Right. Uh, and they find some information about the the assassin. Um, oh my god, why am I blanking on the group all of a sudden? Win, so, something. Uh, Nightwind. 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 Thank hey. you. Thank you. Um, 
And so we see this assassin. He's not speaking. They throw him in. They throw him in the pit, uh, the Rancor pit. And I don't know about you guys, but for a second, I go, wait a second. Could there actually? I did for a second. Yeah. <laughs> well, because we right. we had heard and we have heard for a long time that Jabba didn't just have Rancors. Um, so I was curious if another kind of beast was going to pop up. But it's a very good tactic for them to use. Nothing be down there. And then they obviously are like, oh, are the guys like, okay, no, I'm going to talk now because I don't want to die. Uh, so they get some information from him. Uh, before we jump into the mayor stuff, because that's what came next, what did you guys think about this whole sequence, the opening of the episode, the Rancor pit, all that stuff? Oh, I loved it. I mean, it was genius because, like I said, I, I was like, oh, there is a Rancor. Like, I was like, I didn't, I mean, I assumed like everyone else. So it was like, okay, well, Rancor's dead. There's nothing in there. And I was like, oh my God. There is one. Holy crap. And nothing. I would have been the same way. Okay, I'll tell you everything. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I love good. And they're just sitting there laughing too. They're like, still works. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it almost made me respect the warriors of Nightwind or assassins um, until he finally caved and gave some information because i'm like thinking oh this guy is not gonna talk at all even if a rancor is on the way he's it brought me back to inglorious bastards where the german was just standing there as the bear jew slowly came oh, out and like, yeah not yeah. gonna talk at all but no yeah he talked and um it was it was very uh very clever of uh boba fett you know that's those are things that you know give him an edge over everyone else is that he can find different methods other than what's already been done before ruling by fear or whatever. So yeah, it's that bounty hunter, that bounty hunter mentality, right? Even though he's not technically a bounty hunter anymore, um, or he doesn't like to think that he is at the moment, he still uses a little bit of their methods and that kind of transferred into the next scene. Yeah, he's now a crime Lord. Um, that transferred to the next scene. We finally get to meet the mayor, uh, the Ithorian that we've been looking forward to seeing the entire time since the trailers, uh, and we learned from the assassin that the mayor did hire him or them, I should say, uh, and what happened in Moss Espa in the first episode. And when they go to meet the mayor, there's a big, long conversation. But essentially what it boils down to is Boba Fett is claiming that, hey, you're sending people after me. That's not how this is going to work. Um, the Ithorian mayor and I'm forgetting his name. Oh, my God. Mo is it uh, Mosque Shaiz? I want to say Mo Mosque Shaiz, I think his name is. Um, I could be wrong. Mock, mock Shaiz, mock Shaiz. Um, and That's essentially, what he says is like, I, yeah, he's essentially saying, "Hey, I thought you were just a bounty hunter. You know, I, I didn't like you're, you're not a crime lord. Like you're, you're known as the bounty hunter." And then we come to learn that, um, well, from what he's saying anyway, that he isn't the one that hired them, and that leads to the next big reveal, which we'll get to. But let's talk about this mayor scene for just a quick sec before we get to the big thing of the episode. Uh, Gio, I'll go right back to you. What did you think about everything that happened with the mayor, that kind of sequence with the guards, um, the way that the, the, the mayor talked because he is a, he's an alien species, the Ithorian. what did you think about all that? The guards are pretty effective. The fact that they just headshot, no scope, <laughs> the, the dude who I was not the, expecting that by the way, not at yeah, all. A prisoner got rid of him and then ended up paying him to try and take, you know, the, uh, the spotlight off of them. I, I still don't trust them. There's something no, going on in my yeah. opinion. Um, it, it's just vibes. I got nothing to back that off, back that on. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I, I think um, I don't know. There's a whole lot of tension there, you know, because at first you're supposed to get tribute. Well, now I'm giving you tribute and whatnot. It's just like there's a whole lot of tension going on. So it's pretty cool. It's very wishy-washy this moment. Um, mm. There's still a lot of things to be revealed. Like, who is he actually working for? Does he really have power? Um, I think we can kind of connect the dots a little bit more after this episode. But I, I very much enjoyed... Because we, we've seen Ithorians before. But we haven't seen them up close like this. And, and like really inside the story we have in the Clone Wars. And that's very easy because it's animation. Um I very much enjoyed seeing the Ithorian, Ithorian operate and kind of how it went from his language and his language to basic and the machinery that was being used to help in that way. Um, it's a very cool aspect that they did. And I'm not 100% sure if it was uh, practical or not. It looked practical, uh, but I won't 100% say it was. Uh, I, I think that it was a very effective tactic, though, the way that, that it was all done. And Brian, I'm sure you were very excited because you're a big Ithorian guy. Those are my favorite aliens in the Star Wars universe. Well, not counting Chiss. But, uh, yeah, I was very excited. Because Ithorians are always the, like, look cool in the background characters. And they're arguably, like, the weirdest looking of the alien species. At least one of Top three. There's a lot of weird looking. Yeah, there are some weird I, ones. But I think about I the mean, lips and Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was so excited. He's got big old feet. Um, and I that was the first thing I looked at was how if he was going to talk. And he talks. He's got his his side flap. Yeah, it's here. it's like all the way like back here. So and their his, mouth his head is up here and the mouth is like way back here. Yeah, their mouths go like this uh -huh. all the way back, but like the part that speaks is here, and then they're like uh their little generator thing is yeah translating it. Um <laughs> I loved it. I loved give me aliens. That's what makes Star Wars so cool. I love seeing the Trandoshans, even if they're just around. I love seeing Ithorians. I don't, we've seen so many humans, but put more aliens. I love seeing the aliens. And uh, yeah, I was so, I don't trust the mayor for ish. Uh, I, I'm sure he was, he's being paid off by um, twins, the twins. Uh, but because I mean, if you're, there has never been a, a really a successful like political position in a big city that other than like Palpatine, which he stole the power. So like, uh, yeah, let's be honest. Like, there's always a crime lord running a mayor or a senator or something like that. So yeah, I think I think after this episode, I it became more clear to me that both the mayor. And the woman who owns the casino both work for the twins. Um, I, I, that's what I'm kind of leaning towards. Um, I also did want to mention the mayor's right hand man, that little scene where Boba just charges right in. Uh, very, very cool, very on brand with that character. Um, Gio, you, you weren't here last, Gio, you weren't here last week, and I want to hear your thoughts on that character real quick before we move on. Um, 
the gentleman who came to the palace looking for tribute from Boba for the mayor. And then we saw him again this episode. Do you do you like that character? Or do you think he's O2 over the top? What are your thoughts on him? I like him because he's very he's very passive. You know, <laughs> he, he he won't do any sort of confrontation, but he he I don't know. He just do I like him? Yeah. I I I love the dialogue that he speaks and uh, you know the way he delivers it and what mannerisms. Um, I think it's going to get to a point though where Fennec will. Just... I think he's going. I think he's going to die. Yeah. Major yeah, Domo. That was what. It was. Major Domo. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, yeah. I think. I think he's. Thank you, John. I think he's biting the dust hard. Mm-hmm. Who the major Domo? Yeah. Oh yeah. I think Perfect. he's going to. I think he's going to be. I think. And I think Gio's right. I think. I think it's going to be Fennec that does it. One hundred percent. I mean, she's. She's bloodthirsty. She hasn't had her drink blood in two episodes. I mean, well, I mean, I guess she's shot a bunch of people. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, well, no. she hasn't. But honestly, she hasn't done a whole lot because there hasn't been a whole lot going on in the main timeline. Um, a lot of it has been focusing a little bit on the, the past, um, which we will get to everybody. Promise you. Can um, I just say one thing? I love the fact that it was like the DMV outside the mayor's office yep you're gonna make boba fett like do you have an appointment uh, absolutely not and he just goes through like it's, that made me laugh so hard i was just like oh my god like because let's be honest this is like the most we've ever seen a successful like political like you have an appointment the mayor like actual like what you would see and he's just like absolutely not and just goes straight through i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah he pushed his way like so um so that leads us to the final kind of present day scene that we get and it's the biggest one that we can see um once they leave the casino or they're at the casino excuse me uh the and I always forget the woman's name. The uh, I, I don't have the name off the top of my head. I, I had to get used to all these new names. Uh, but she basically says, "Have you have you not heard?" And in the background, we can hear that. Oh, 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 oh. Mm-hmm. And walk outside. Boba, Fennec, they're there. And around the corner comes two huts. The twins, uh, two huts, um, come round and around uh, on their litter. And those people look like they're struggling, first of all. They look like they there are is, not having there to be more people to carry those two guys. Yeah, they're not having a good time carrying those huts around. Uh, but not only do we see two huts, for us who read the comic books, um, we see Black Kersantin is officially part of live-action Star Wars, uh, a Wookiee bounty hunter who has plenty of history with Boba Fett, Plenty of history with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Plenty of history with Dr. Aphra. Um, It's a big shock, a character that we never expected to see in live action, but the perfect pull um, from comic books to live action. And what a great role, great foil uh, eventually for Boba to face because they are 1,000% going off against each other. 1,000% at some point. I want to go to Gio first because, and I want to open up the discussion on this. Because this is obviously a big part of present day Boba and what's going to be happening, right? It's now his claim for the throne against the Hutt's claim for the throne. And it's all going to come down to who wants it more, whose side you're on, uh, just battling it out. 
Um, obviously, the Huts have ruled for a very, very long time. Uh, the question is, why didn't they do it over the past five years? And what is Boba going to be able to do to stop them from getting it? And he's going to have to face someone like Black Kersantin to get to be able to keep that. But Gio, you don't really have any history of Black Kersantin. Um, the thoughts on the Hutt's arrival, their their meaning to all of this. What did you think about this kind of like big reveal that happened? Um, it was definitely a grand entrance. And you got the music, you got the, you know, the protection, the the guard and whatnot. And speaking of that guard, man, I I have no idea who he was. You guys are filling me in as we are talking about it. But I knew he had to be somebody. I'm like, whoa, like, do you want to do you want a little history lesson? Sure. So for all the viewers out there and myself, so everyone and rightfully so, I think in Star Wars Twitter right now is being very respectful uh, everyone's been saying BK, BK, uh, for Andy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Except for Andy, Andy blew it up on Twitter, but, um, it's keeping the spoilers away for maybe someone who hasn't watched it, but you can pretty much say it now. Cause the episode has been out for a while. So his name is black Kersantin. Um, he is a bounty hunter, uh, and he's been around for a very, very long time. The first time we ever actually saw him, he was partnered up with Boba Fett. That was the first time we ever saw him. Wow. It was, uh, it was right after a new hope. During so when Marvel first did their run of comics, once they got a hold of Star Wars, they did a bunch of stuff in between uh, A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back. Um, and that's when we first saw him. It was a storyline of essentially looking for Luke Skywalker after he blew up the Death Star. It was kind of like the story that spun off a lot of different stories. And we saw Boba and Black Kersantin teamed up together. Another point in the comic books, we actually saw him facing off against Obi-Wan Kenobi. And here's the big deal about this. Obi-Wan put the scar over his eye with his lightsaber. Ooh. That's that's a big key thing because of what could possibly happen in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, if that story will actually ever be told, if they'll do a flashback with Kersantin in this show. Either way, he's had a lot of run-ins with a lot of characters. Most recently, and I'm not all the way caught up, but from what I understand and what I know from what I've read, the last time that we saw him is when he was teamed up with Dr. Afra for a very long time. And they had a very tumultuous, term, I had, that's a bad tumultuous. Word. I can't say that word, very bad relationship. Um, and they were always kind of butting heads. And then he kind of just like drifted off. And that's the last time I saw him. Um, wow. But he's a big, badass, vulgar, aggressive Wookiee, pretty much the opposite of what Chewbacca is. Banished um, from Kashyyyk. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's another yeah. good addition. So Banished. Uh, he, has a, he has a history with Boba, so they know each other. They know each other. Uh, which he very well could know Fennec as well. Cause I mean, the bounty hunters run the same circle, right? They, they run around the same circle, but the fact that he's been operating as a bounty hunter for this long, like, right. It's like close to 10 years. If that, I mean, the dude's got to seen some stuff. He's had to have seen some stuff. And Wookiees can live for a while too. So, well, yeah, I mean, Chewbacca was what? 200 years old in, in, or 150 years old in solo. Like, yeah. So what basically, Gio, the dude is a badass. Yeah. Yeah. He, I'm, I'm getting like U.S. agent type of vibes from him. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I wouldn't even. He's pure, like, brutal. I, U.S. agent sometimes has a conscience. This guy does not. How, hmm. Okay. Here's a comparison. Without the superpowers, Gio, you can think of him as like a Black Adam type. Oh, okay. So he kind of yeah. just does like things. Shazam, well, he's like a Shazam is, is Chewy. Yeah. Right, Chewie Shazam, 
nicer, heroic, does things for the, for the necessary. And he, and Chris Anton is like, nah, bro, I'm getting what's mine. Yeah. Like, he likes yeah. blood and money. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I want to see more. Now, not, not to mention he's literally black Chris Anton. So there yeah. you go. I mean, yeah. dude, the dude's got a spiked shoulder pad. Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. Badass. I, I, I am. I cannot wait to see more of him. Oh, I I'm so excited. Gasped. I didn't. I couldn't gasp because it was 4 a.m. But my mouth hit the floor. I, I hit the floor because I don't stay up. I just wake up a little bit earlier to watch it. So I'm sitting in bed watching it, and I'm already like, "Oh my god, there's huts!" And then he comes around the corner, and I went, "Oh <gasps> no!" <laughs> like I'm like looking around for someone to react with me. Like <laughs> no. I, I couldn't believe it. Like when he popped I mean, up, I go, like, oh, there's I, I said, wait, there's no way that's Chris Hansen. Like yeah, there's I, there's no possible way there's Chris Hansen. I was just yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, there's no way they brought this guy in here. And I was like, but there's no way it could be anyone else. There's no one. Like hmm. you're not gonna just happen to have a black Wookiee with the same Spiked exact shoulder, shoulder pads, pads as yeah. him. Like, there's no way. And so I, that's when I waited and I text Jake and I was like, I checked to see if he was on Twitter. I was like, I need to say something. To so Brian texted me and he goes, let me know when you watch the episode. I responded. <laughs> I go, I did it 4am. Then I responded immediately back in all caps. I said, Chris Hinton. <laughs> yeah. And he knew exactly I, what, uh, yeah, it's just, ugh. I, it's funny because like, it never crossed my mind a character like this could come from anything. Well, shouldn't say couldn't, couldn't come from anything that would come from anything other than Dr. Afra, mm -hmm. just because that's the most recent, the most, mm -hmm. I guess, well-known if you're going Canon for him, <clears throat> uh, but him, <laughs> I love the fact that they are utilizing amazing comic and book characters is so awesome because it makes us that read the comics and books it gives it that much more worth to what we're spending our time doing because i mean you you get to picture all these like um, awesome things in your head from a book like you're creating the story and the vision in your head comic book you just kind of get to see it on paper but when you see one of those people jump from a page to a live action, it does something else. Like, and well, and, and it's also they're pulling people who like for Geo, like we're freaking out over it. But for him, it's a character that they can put on screen without having to know the history. Like because they're, yeah. they're going to oh, create yeah. the history, right? Like they could have easily done Dengar, Bosk. IG-88, any of those major bounty hunters, but they went with someone that they can present uh, a brand new audience to on top of those who have read him in the comic books. Because um, like, if we would have seen Bosk, right? We'd have been like, oh crap, everyone knows who Bosk is. Yeah. It would have been freaking out. But the fact that they did, someone like Crusantin knows that not only are they paying attention, but they want to be able to show audiences these characters in these comic books that people have been reading for a couple of years now, and they're really liking and showing that they can pop up outside of just those pages. The same thing happened with uh Cobb man, right? Yeah. He was in a small part of the aftermath trilogy, 
And all of a sudden, people want to be freaking Cobb Vamp, uh, Cobb Vamp for cosplay all the time. Like, yeah. he's just a character that people love, and it's the same thing that's going to happen with Chrysanthemum. So, yeah. it's a perfect addition. It's like, like Brian said, it's nothing in our like we would have never thought of that, but it is such a perfect choice to do because they have history. He's a very forceful being when it comes to action and stuff like that. And you can bring in a completely new audience to a character that people have not been recognizing at the mass audience anyway, outside of the book readers. Not to mention we've never seen a bad Wookiee. No. Like not, well, not in live action. In li- that's what I meant. In live action. Like peep people Wookiees to people that are just watching movies and stuff are like, oh Wookiee is like my sister's gonna immediately probably think that's a good guy watching that because it's a uh, i i cannot wait to buy a pop figure of chrysanthemum I cannot yeah it's yeah it um, i there are moments that you're gonna remember like from when you first watched seeing a character like that come on you're just like oh super pumped my god yeah um all right real quick before we move on we have a super chat here for mr kyle beckworth thank oh. you kyle happy new year love this episode black chrysanthemum looks so menacing yeah he does uh, I bet Bobo will have to fight him. Absolutely loving these reads. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. Uh, we were able to meet Kyle last month in De- uh, at Spectacular, and he's a he's he's a great guy. So thank you so much, Kyle. We appreciate it. Um, all right, so let's move on from present day stuff and let's get into all of the stuff that happened in the flashbacks because the rest of the episode actually did happen in flashbacks. Um, a lot of stuff happened in in that time period. Uh, thankfully they took enough time to tell this story because it was extremely important as to what was happening um, through all of it. And we'll get into the details and in, in certain aspects and scenes, but essentially what happened is Boba through went through uh, a complete period of trials to become one of them. Um, he is now one of the Tuscan Raiders. By the end of the episode, we see him in the garbs that we saw him in uh, when we met him in the Mandalorian. Yes. Uh, which is, I love that outfit. I loved the process of how he got that and how like spiritual and ritual uh, it really was. Cause that's what it really, that's what it should be. That's exactly what it should be. Right. And I see a lot of people uh, talking about it online, about certain cultures that were kind of planted uh, through, through things that were happening with, with these characters in this episode. Um, we see a Tashi station cameo. We see Cami and fixer from the, a new hope deleted scene. Uh, a lot of things were happening this episode. Again, a great fan service, not like super over the top, but just the perfect amount of it. And then we see the Pikes with their spice, and they were yes. the foils. And I know Brian's very excited about that um, because we actually got to see their faces as well. Uh, first live very, action very cool. Pike face. Yeah, very very cool. Uh, but Geo, anything specific that you want to talk about with the flashbacks? Any one moment? Uh, something you really like? Something maybe you have questions about? What do you got? I mean, as far as like a moment I thought was really fun and you can tell that God, what's Tam- Tamira Morrison? Tamira Morrison, Tamira Morrison yeah. was having a lot of fun with this part. Just in call, particular. Call, him, call him Temtem. Temtem. Tem-tem. I always want to say Terramana. I'm like, I can't <laughs> say it. But um, when he tries teaching them how to ride the speeders. <laughs> like a banta. He's like he does. I like saw the gif that uh, the I gif I retweeted. retweeted. Yeah, um, well, that was so much fun. It was just you know like uh, I I don't know. It was just because you know they're 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 trying to take the parts and everything and destroy it. And they're like no no no. 
<laughs> I will teach you when all of a sudden you're starting to see uh, from the uh, head Tuscan dudes uh, uh, eyes the that chieftain. yeah, this guy has some worth. Yeah, he's it's it's a two way street. You know, he's learning from us and we're learning from him. And uh, I felt bad for the one Tuscan who kept trying to jump from one speeder to another. Do you think that was the same time. Tuscan? Do you think it was the same Tuscan? Yes. <laughs> Probably. He just ate it every didn't, didn't time. He, he got ran over at one point, right? He fell off of one of the bikes that did like a little bump. Something. <laughs> Poor guys. Yeah, probably. I'm like, oh, man. But when he actually nailed it, that was a all right moment. You know, it was just so much fun. So. No, I, I agree with you. I think that was a... Uh, it it's also show it also shows Boba kind of wanting to, um, not necessarily like change, but adjust things and and kind of move on from certain things. And he's not in the bounty hunting ways, right? And he's gonna he's helping people who are helping him. And uh, maybe it is having to change his ways a little bit. But I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, it it obviously was for a reason for what was happening. It felt very Mandalorian-esque, right? Because in Mandalorian, for a lot of the episodes, we see like uh, one job, one episode, right? He goes to this and he does that, or he learns something and he does it on that episode. And it, it is very kind of in that format um, when we see him teaching. And then it obviously comes down to the very end with the train fight. Uh, but it also shows that, you know, they don't have to be just these raiders who are living off of the lands. They can adapt and adjust and be more than what they have been for the last however long. Um, they can use the speeders and they're, they're capable of doing things like that. Like when we saw him make the staff, right? Like that's extremely important, but uh, now they have the ability to do something like speeders because they know how to do it. Uh, we even saw one of the Raiders actually working on the bike with some tools at one point and they're learning and they're adapting. Mm -hmm. And Boba is bringing that into the camp just as much as the camp is giving back to him with certain idea or ideals um, that he hasn't had his entire life, right? It's Boba had, for the longest time has been trying. Ultimately, the character has always wanted a family, right? We saw that in the Clone Wars when he had his little bounty hunting squad. Uh, he was part of a, a, a clone, a small kids clone group at one point. Um, he's always trying to find a place, a home, and this seems like it's the home that he he's been searching for so long for, um, and now he wants to get back to him. Uh, he's had plenty of chances to walk off and leave and do his thing, but he's always found his way back and he's always given back, um, which I, I very much appreciate seeing because it's it's helping a lot of characters. And like Gio said earlier, it's making the Tuscan Raiders a lot more important. Um, yeah. They're not just these indigenous people that shoot from the cliffside at pod racers or whatever it may be. They are very important. Um, they should be looked at a lot differently, and this show is doing a great job of doing that. Yeah. Um, it's, to me, I think this is some of the most important stuff. Is It is, I don't want to say humanizing, but... I, is, I can't help this comment. <laughs> yeah. Well, these are, thankfully, these three people respect a movie like Jackass. Um, a Tuscan Raider jackass? Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> I think I love the fact that we are taking what people consider savages. They That's the word I've been looking for the whole time. Savages, yeah. good one. Yeah. Um, these savage 
things that all they do is kill for sport and all this. And it's showing, no, they're people. They, well, people, we don't know what they really look like underneath, but um, they're just another group of aliens. Their home just happens to be the middle of the desert. Um, They're not these savage people. Like when the train went by, they wanted no business with the train. Yeah. They did not want to attack it. They Mm -hmm. did not want to try to steal what was on the train. They weren't even the first people to attack. The Pikes were the first people to attack the Tuscans. The Tuscans were defending themselves from getting attacked. Um, And we saw that after we saw them all on the ground dead. Like they... They were upset. They, they they know that this thing just attacks them. And the more and more, every time we see a Tuscan, we've learned more and more and humanized them to these just normal beings. They are not these savage monsters that we thought they were from A New Hope, where they attacked Luke. They have culture. They have history. They have ancestors. I mean, well, they they are they're the people of Tatooine. Exactly. Like, they that's they are if like Tatooine. We look at Tatooine, obviously, like Mos Eisley, Mos Espa. But when we think of Tatooine, it is the Tuscan Raiders, right? Yeah, plain and simple. It yeah. is. And Boba says something along that lines: "The sands are your home." Yeah, you exactly. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Dune Sea is yours, or something. Yeah, your yeah. birthright. Yeah. Um, and he, by the end of it, has become part of their tribe, their gang, if you will. Like, we're going to be seeing the Trandoshan gangs, the tra- like their whole clique. Um, I'm sure we're going to be seeing other types of ones. His army, if you will, is going to be the Tuscans. He he is a part of that family, if you will. I just love it because for 30 plus years, I've seen the Tusk, we've seen the Tuscans as just these things that come in, they beat you, they torture you like they did. Um, but not all Tuscans are Skywalker. Like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and exactly. I was just going to say, it makes you look at what Anakin did in a lot different, a, a different light. Like, yeah. obviously, there's very different types of, of Tuscan Raiders, right? Like, there's the type that we see in uh, the Phantom Menace where they're shooting down pod racers. But then there's these types where they're just trying to make a life for themselves. And they're they're staying in as a group. And just like there is for us, there's different types of groups and people out there. And we are seeing what the Tuscan Raiders really are, what they're born to be. And, and some are born into a different tribe, a different style of being a Tuscan. Um but it's it's making Star Wars fans and just fans in general respect who they are a mm-hmm. lot more than I mean the first time we saw them they they chopped up 3PO like right they knocked out Luke and yeah. uh like that I mean that then from there on out they've just been savages to the land this this and the Mandalorian has made us look at at them in a very different light as they should be they should be respected a lot more and I actually really like it because the indigenous side of Star Wars needs to kind of be put to light a little bit, and this is definitely helping it. 
Yeah. I mean, they even have rituals, vision yeah. quests. Like, yeah, that's something right, I want to talk about, by the way. I want to talk about a, that. Yeah. A right. He was given a sacred Tuscan right. He earned that to which he then got to do the quest to, to become truly a part of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> John, you, you you got you got a point there, John. You got yeah, I mean, who knows? It's funny because maybe there was a reason they sh I mean, they shot at the pod racers. Maybe the sounds, for all we know, yeah, disrupted their way of life or something. I mean, granted, they every time they hit it, they celebrate. So maybe they were just having fun. But like <laughs> we don't we don't know. I mean, they're like we said, they're not. There's a reason sometimes that they're doing certain things. I mean, they communicate in sign language. They have families and stuff. It like I my heart broke when they were doing like the burial. Although I did kind of laugh because the Tuscan like Boba's carrying him and it's like very sweet. And the chief or whoever takes him and he just tosses him like this. Like it wasn't even like a place down or anything. He literally hucks the bodies. That made me laugh, but. Yeah, no. I mean, they're they're important. They're an important part to Star Wars. Let's talk about the uh, the um, vision the, quest. I guess the vision quest is the best way of saying it. Um, very cool editing aspect to all of this because there's a lot of pieces uh, flying in and out of what's happening here. Boba's sent off um, to this tree in the middle of the Dune Sea, ugh, and it's a lizard. Oh, ugh. yeah. Well, and yeah, and the lizard aspect was wild. <laughs> I literally thought he was just gonna have like this lizard pet from now oh on. Oh my god! And I, then, that was nope. That, that looks right that, up the that, nose. That's like some that's like some Matrix stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Where that's just that's the yeah, the, but, the thing that goes inside their belly. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's just so. yeah, no. But and it comes back out like anyway. Yeah. Um. But we see him walking the Dune Sea to this tree, and and along the way, it's some extremely great editing of him in his old suit. Uh, with the white underneath from like Empire and Return of the Jedi. We see young Boba again back on uh, Kamino. We see him back in the Sarlacc pit. Um, and then we see him in the tree. And as the branches are kind of closing in on him, there's a lot of different meanings that are happening here. Ultimately, what happens is he brings the branch back with him. That branch becomes his gaffy stick. Uh, and he is put through a ritual of making that gaffy stick on his own. Very cool thing here. Also, a nice little Easter egg. The uh, setting of where they made the gaffy stick, that's actually originally made Ralph McQuarrie concept art from the original film um, that was actually never used, uh, which wow. is very, very cool. Um, but yeah, so we can talk about the gaffy stick uh, uh, kind of him making it and stuff, but I want to focus a little bit more on the vision side of it all. Uh, the tree, kind of what it means, the hidden meaning behind that whole sequence, because I have a lot of thoughts on it. Uh, Gio, what about you, man? You you saw this scene kind of play out. Um, what does this mean to Boba Fett as a character? Uh, to be honest, I still don't kind of know what it means, but I'm going to give it a shot. Um, I think there's some sort of symbolic slash metaphor thing going on with Boba Fett. Like we see all the visions and whatnot of big events of his life you know um whether it's him on camino like you said or in the scarlack pit or whatever and i think the tree kind of wrapping the branches around him is like him becoming a prisoner of his past and that's like, exactly what i think it is 
Oh, my bad. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm I'm agreeing with you. That's good. And uh, yeah, his past is suffocating him. Yeah, exactly. And he had to break out from it, like he did the Scarlet Pit, and just in a way, it was like a cleanse, you know, um, and a fresh start and whatnot. And that was his big test. Um, was pretty much returning to them with the branch. I'm sure there's a name for it, and um. I just thought the whole thing was just beautiful. I, I was completely floored. I was like, what am I watching? Is Are we sure this is Star Wars? Because I, I never it, thought it Star Wars. It definitely didn't feel Star Wars. Yeah. Did, I didn't did. think they could go to this place, but mm -hmm. they did. And kudos to everyone. The writers, producers, director. Uh, I wanted to say Taramana again. Tamira and the rest of them. That was This really, isn't The really Rock's well YouTube channel, man. This I just, isn't about tequila. Uh, yeah, well, I wish I had some. So. <laughs> no, I I agree with you, Gio. I I and I know there's another theory out there, and I'm sure Brian will touch on it. Um, I do. Think I, got, I see. I didn't. I didn't deep dive into that. I'm actually. It's funny because I'm not. I didn't think about this until you guys started talking about it. I focused more on the ritualistic aspect of doing the quest and getting the stick, and that the gaffy sticks are now just not these weapons. They are like um the calicori almost yeah, or um um the twilex like it's a birth well i don't want to say a birthright but it's like a, a important symbol i didn't i didn't look so much into the vision as that you guys did as i did more like the symbolism of getting one of those sticks from this tree and turning it into a gaffy stick and type stuff. So no, I mean, I'm actually kind of just listening to your guys's. Stuff. I mean, that's just as important. Um, yeah. I, I know there's, there's another theory and Maddie brought it up in the, in the chat. There's a lot of people talking about this, uh, that it, it like the tree that's represented awesome. his family tree. Cause he's never really had a family, right? He's never really met his family. Um, his father hmm. was taken from him when he was very, very young. He's obviously a clone. Um, I, for one, am with Gio. I kind of think it's like, his past has been suffocating him, and now he has to, he has to find a way to escape his past because of it, it has led him nowhere. It has led him to a place where he hasn't gotten anything. Right? He, he's he's still uh, alone in the galaxy, just doing someone else's bidding. Um, and that tree is is what is suffocating him. Tree slash uh, Sarlacc pit, um, and breaking that branch and breaking free of the tree is essentially like a fresh start into something new. And I know Stardew said it, but the great, uh, uh, the great word is, is reborn. I think it's a great, great Good. word for this yep. is, uh, is being reborn into something different. The Boba Fett that we now know of, you know, uh, who we met in the Mandalorian, who he seemed menacing. He seemed fearless. He is on a different path and he said it in the show, right? He wants to rule with respect, not fear. Um, that's not the Boba that we've known all these years. A very different type of character and we are seeing how he has gotten there through the tuscan raiders through this kind of soul searching mission that he's been doing and then the very end of the episode and we'll get to the pikes to finish things up but um the ritual of him joining uh and i forget the actual term in real life of the dance um that they do but like they, 
the Haka. There you go. Yeah. So they do well, their Haka's own version. Of warrior game. It, it's, yeah. it's like their version of it, no. essentially. I, I, I like believe tribal like, dance. Tribal. Yeah, it's like a tribal dance, dance a tribal, uh, a tri and I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was very well done. Um, and again, we don't. This isn't stuff we usually see in Star Wars. This is not what we usually see in Star Wars, and it's touching on that culture aspect of everything. And it's truly beautiful to see. Like it's it's a really really beautiful thing to see. And it's funny because they've never done this, and people are loving it. Yeah. And it's something completely new. Yeah. Like people, Star Wars especially, people get very bitchy when they do new things. Like people want their classic Star Wars, and it's showing like you don't have to have freaking Luke Skywalker every time doing a mission. You can literally focus on a species, give us history of this, and people are going to eat it up. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, it was amazing. It was, I mean, obviously written and done by Favreau, who loves it, and um, but it was shot and done by this director that hasn't done anything major and it's an amazing episode it's to me almost kind of like i'm like what better what can get better than this like anything better than what we just saw is great but like and you know what you know what's so funny like to just to kind of like pick off of that is we are talking about something that in reality, as it's incredibly important, obviously, right? Like it's important to the character of Boba Fett to his journey, but it's five years in the past. Like this isn't even where the story is going. This is just like filling gaps. And this is what we care about the most at the moment. It's so funny that you just said that because my friend, um, I, I'm in group chat with two of them and they go, they were like, who's the Wookiee, blah, blah, blah. I explained that to them. And then one of them asks me, he goes, how close are they following the comics? I said, they're not following the comics. They're literally grabbing people from comics and books and putting them into a completely blank slate time period. I said, there's no stories other than maybe a comic or a book here and there. Well, yeah, they're, they're creating the story. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. And I told him, I said... There is nothing between six and seven. All of this is new. They are just grabbing characters. And he's like, holy crap. Like, I thought they were following closely to the comics. That's that good. People were. This is what's in John Favreau's brain. Exactly. And what... I mean, that's the level of storytelling that's being told that people think that they are following a blueprint in comics or books. And it's just, just told that well. Yeah, yeah it, it's mind-blowing. Um, all right, let's I'll go ahead, Gio. Go ahead. Oh, just real quick. Um, to touch on what Brian said about this director, Steph Green, who you know hasn't really done much but delivered something truly impressive. That's the beauty of you know what Lucasfilm is doing with these uh shows. You know, you got these veterans in Filoni, Favreau, and Rodriguez who can you know help shape the story and the show and then you bring in these directors filmmakers with you know not as much experience but now they have something to their name 
something on their resume. Did she do anything really? Yeah, she did. She did some stuff. What I was going to say, I was going to say Bryce Dallas Howard. Nobody thought she could direct, right? But then she directed two killer episodes for yeah. Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And last thing, the whole tree sequence, I think that plays directly into how Boba commands now that he, you know, is running things yeah. on, at a Mos, Mos Espa. If that doesn't happen, I think we see a totally different Boba Fett as a ruler. 100 so, just yeah agreed agree with you uh before we move on to the uh the pikes i want to bring up this question from john uh you don't think the stories will converge and tuscans will be part of the final battle in the finale 100 um, tuscans will absolutely i do too finale. but i will say this i am very terrified that they will it'll end in tragedy for them see uh, i i'm the opposite i think that it's going to we are going to see tuscans start to work their way into in civilization normal. yes i hope so like That'd i really great. do hope so but i am a little scared that it might end in a, in, a, in some heartbreak I, I i mean i can absolutely see that but i'm i almost i'm starting to see hope in maybe these tuscans now are going to not be these sand dwellers that people fear that they might start do we see a Tuscan without the mask on? Yes. I the chief, I think. Yeah, probably. Yeah, see, I was gonna say the warrior. Yeah, one of those two. That's fair. By the way, that warrior dude, Rex. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That dude is I love pulling the pikes down from the train. That dude is badass. Speaking or of female, this, you don't know. Nah, dude, he is. Give me more of that guy. I, I can see that guy kick ass all day long. Um Let's talk about the final the, the final big thing about this episode, and we can kind of get into some theories a little bit. But uh, the Pikes, um, we see that they are the ones running the train. They are running Spice through Tatooine. And the whole goal of the episode, uh, at least in the past sequence, was to stop the train. And Boba successfully did uh, so alongside his fellow tribe mates and stopped the Pikes from running uh, through Tatooine, um, for the moment anyway. Uh, we see them without their helmets on. Uh, and this obviously opens up a lot of possibilities on what can happen with the Pikes in this past storyline. Um, is it the Pikes Syndicate? Could it be another syndicate? Uh, I know a lot of people have talked about it online. It's very, very interesting. Um, let's open this conversation up before we wrap up here, guys. Pikes, Brian, I'll let you start because you're the Pike guy. You've been wanting to see these for it. a very long time. I what did you think about involving them, seeing them, the idea of them running Spice through Tatooine now? What do you think? I love how, of course, the freaking thing. Oh, um, I didn't. I didn't know this. Is she? Is the warrior female? That's what I. That's why I said possibly she. People are. Oh, thinking I didn't know that. Female. Oh, I love that. That'd I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. So what if? Oh. No, I know. I know that lady that comes in on the bike on the speeder bike. People are saying that, but they don't. I. I'm iffy on it because I kind of don't want to see just some basic, not basic. I shouldn't say basic, just some regular, like white. Here you go. That is cool. That is cool. Oh, there you go. Um, she was wonder woman stunt double, bro. That's, cool. I, I don't know. I don't want, 
I kind of just don't want to see white people underneath the Tuscan Raider. Okay, that's that's fine. But anyway, Pike Syndicate stuff. Any, yeah, but so um, I, I love it. I I like how, what they did because the Pikes could either come back in a fury and just attack, or they could maybe be held because of the fact now granted they destroyed their train and whatnot but they let them live and they didn't steal their i mean they stole the they didn't steal the train the train just sat in the desert they 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 probably rummaged through anything that was that was not spice yeah but they didn't kill them and all he said was hey this is the Tuscan's land. The next time you go through it, all you need to do is just pay a toll or whatever the word was. Right. That's it. He let them live. So now with the history of the pikes, you mess with the pikes, the pikes tend to strike back. So nah, I, I, nice pun there. I don't I don't even know where the pun is. Like the pikes strike back? Oh, huh. Empire okay. Strikes back. <laughs> um, Whoa, Brian, that one were right yeah, that one flew right over the head. <laughs> I mean, the Pikes are not known as your like friendly neighborhood gang. Like you mess with them, they will come for you. So I would assume maybe that's going to probably play into the line. But yeah, I loved that it was a Pike train. Did not expect that for a second. Not in a in the slightest. And we got to see their face. And I think that's cool because now we have more like people are going to know that they're not just the little robot faced people. Um, first time we've seen a Pike's real face in live action. Um, so, yeah, I love it because the Pikes have been for so long since I can remember talked about but never shown. And now they're starting to actually use them and more than just solo in books. So yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see. I'm I'm like 75, 25, 75 that they'll come back and attack. 25, they might help at some point. Yeah, I, I'm excited know. to see where the story goes. Um obviously a lot of mystery behind it. Uh if it is in fact the Pike Syndicate, if it could be possibly something more. We don't know what the Pike Syndicate looks like at this time. Um they were obviously very powerful in between three and four. Uh as we saw them in Solo and then in the Clone Wars, they were also very present. And they still well. have Kessel because he said. They still do have it. Yeah, um, so. And so it's it's very, I'm very curious to where that story goes. I do think we'll see them again. Uh, it would make sense. You wouldn't introduce the Pikes. You wouldn't use practical effect Pikes if you're not going to use them again. Right? Like you don't make that just for one scene. Um, so it's, I'm excited to see them back. I think they're very cool. They're very cool alien species that isn't used enough in my opinion, um, because they are very menacing and we saw them in the clone wars a lot. They are pretty menacing. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm very curious on where it ends up and what happens, whether it's against or, uh, with, uh, what about you, man? Did you, uh, like the addition of the pikes? I know you're very unfamiliar with them, but thoughts on all that. Yeah. To my, knowledge and memory i mean i i can't remember if i've seen the pikes before i mean i may have solo but um so they went to where they freed the wookies in solo that was held by pikes 
I need to watch Solo. Again. They had they were the ones with the like robot face, and then they had the two like notches that were right here. Right. They were the ones that were controlling. Well, the Gio, if you watch Clone Wars and Rebels, you'll see Pikes. I need to watch. I'm, Solo I'm just kidding. Too, as well. Oh, in um season seven of Clone Wars, they were the ones that had those ginormous like crowns that were like coming out the sides. They there's three different looks for them. Now the one we just saw, the like metal faced, and then they have like the more fancier ones are the ones that have like the crowns that kind of come to the south side. Like how do these guys compare to the Nihil? They're nowhere near the Nihil. Yeah, the Nihil. Oh, okay, just, so Nihil yeah. are bad. Okay. I mean, I mean, well, so essentially, what you can look at the Pike as is they are the top drug runners in the galaxy. They're another mm. crime syndicate. That's they they run spice and spice is the ultimate drug, essentially. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, um good. only thing I will say, because I don't have too much knowledge with this, is that mm, Boba, this could be one of those uh decisions that comes back and bites you later. You know, if you do if you do happen that. to get one up on the twins at some point, maybe the twins reach out to the pikes or something, you know, or like, hey, I heard you had some trouble, and you know, like the enemy of my enemy is my friend and then boom there you go and all of a sudden you got tuscans and pikes at it again and so i'm just concerned that this would be a decision that comes back uh at boba i wouldn't be surprised yeah i'm curious on where it goes there's a lot of things obviously they're still left to be answered um i'm sure next week is going to be all lot crazy now that the huts are involved now that we have chrysanthemum um you know the tuscan raiders are a little bit more equipped now uh, the involvement of the Pikes. There's a lot of things that are happening currently. Um, yeah, it's it's leaving us very excited for what the possibilities are. We have five episodes left. Um, and it's it already feels like it's kind of getting into the nitty gritty, which is nice. Uh, yeah. It's nice that we're kind of getting to the thick of it very, very soon. So, um, all right, boys, any final thoughts before we uh, before we wrap up today? Loved the runtime. Me too. Got to keep that up. Got it. I, uh, I, <laughs> I was like... When I first saw it, it was like 50 minutes. Holy crap. Like I was like, I'm gonna be late for work if I need to. I, I, I want more just like it. I want more just like it. Yeah, it was perfect. I'm I went from like a okay, we'll see next week to like, is it Wednesday yet? Like, and I cannot nice. wait. Cannot um, wait. I wouldn't be surprised if it was the twins who hired the Nightwing assassins. Because how do they show up the very next day as if they were expecting the job to be done agreed like what a coincidence yeah i'm with you i'm with you on that one i'm sure we're gonna know a lot more after next week but for now everybody that's gonna wrap up this week's fandalorian club thank you guys so much for joining us hanging out talking with us uh we love the chitter chatter in the comments we appreciate it uh kyle beckwork thank you so much for the super chat as well um before we wrap up i'll let the gentlemen kind of plug their own little stuff quickly before we wrap up brian kick us off certain point of view if you uh or into movie trivia in the Schmodown with this guy. Not that one. This guy. But, uh, yeah. Gio? Uh, Phantom United, where I talk about things that I'm pretty much interested in. A lot of DC talk. So, uh, yeah, check me out there. Yeah, and uh, Whiskey Jedi for myself, outside of POV. I'm actually jumping over and doing an episode with Sean Sullivan in 20 minutes. Talking more Boba Fett, but also nice. kind of talking Star Wars in general in 2022. Uh, having a glass of whiskey and hanging out with my butt over there. 
So make sure you check that out. Join us. Come hang out. Chitter chatter in the comments. But for now, that wraps up the Fandalorian Club, everybody. Thank you guys so much. Again, as always, make sure you guys are staying here for Apocalypse Now every Tuesday at 7 o'clock Pacific. Um, you know, have fun watching Boba. Have fun over the weekend. And we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks again, guys. Thank <laughs> you.